the Beatles? Yeah, so do I. What's your favourite Beatles album then? Tough one. I think I'd have to say the best of the Beatles. <laughs> so if you couldn't get by that little clip there from Alan Partridge, we're doing a Beatles episode today. Hello, welcome along. We are the Perfect Ten Podcast. I'm your host Ross and with me is Adam. Hello. How you doing, mate? Good. We're here, we're gonna do a Beatles. Yeah, this has been this might have been the hardest one yet, and I don't you're you're a big Beatles guy. You've I got, am. You've got Beatles lyrics tattooed on your skin. <laughs> I do. Yeah, that's one of my first tattoos as well. Uh, I'm. I'm. That's what I wanted to I'm know. A, Where are you? With I'm the a Beatles? casual. Right. Okay. A casual Beatles yeah. observer. I'm very torn. Yeah. Between and you'll we'll see in a minute from, <laughs> like, spoiler alert. There's some big differences in our playlists. There's obviously <laughs> no overlap, but there's some. There's yeah. very much a timeline. Yes, there is. Yeah. Uh, there's a split. There's Beatles that I like and Beatles that you like. <laughs> and the stuff that I like is very sort of poppy. Yes. Basic. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's not musically incredibly difficult. And but... you wonder whether... I, I get torn in that idea of like... Is it is it amazing because they it's it's so simple but they did it and they're the first ones to do it so yeah. or is it the fact that they're the first ones to do it anyone could have done this? <laughs> well, yeah, it's a tricky one. We'll just play something in the background because neither of us have got this one on our lists. Um, yeah, I mean the, the the tracks that are on your list specifically, they are ones that you learn to play on guitar when you learn to play music and stuff. Not that it's easy, but it's not incredibly tricky and. But like the composition is indeed isn't difficult. The struct they're very structured. Yeah, and they're very good songs. songs like I said to, to like I said to you earlier to quote Emma, look at the lyrics to "Love Me Do" and tell me they're written by a genius. <laughs> well, yeah, I think maybe lyrically they've never been. They've not. <laughs> that part doesn't maybe hold up as such. They're not Lou Reed. No, they're not. For me, the Beatles, they are the top of the pile. That everything flows from them. Right, they're so in, inspirational. Influential. Yeah, yeah, 100%. influential. I think. I mean, more than inspirational. I think yeah, lots yeah, yeah. and lots of bands take things from how they did music, and they still continue to kind of be relevant today. I mean, Paul McCartney headlined Glastonbury two years ago now, and it was incredible. Yeah, we'll get into more how my absolute love. Um, should, we, <laughs> should we start with yours? Because you've got a really good song to start with. Yeah, this is my absolute favourite. We're starting off right off the bat. I'm going to turn it up a little bit so you can hear it underneath us. Um, There's a bit of a delay on Spotify, it seems. I think the thing that's going to be uh, abundantly good is the, these songs are all iconic. People are going to know them. This is Here Comes the Sun. Yes. So, with Here Comes the Sun, I would say that this is one of the. This is something that maybe you can't. This doesn't have the same criticisms of the stuff that's going to come later. If you maybe, and this isn't exactly complex. No. But compared to the rest of the stuff that I'm going to play you, <laughs> this is about as challenging as it gets. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, musically, definitely. But it's just it's, it's, it's got everything in it. It's just a, a really like, almost a perfect pop song, mm-hmm. and they knew how to produce a perfect pop song time and time and time again. In that regard, it reminds me of "There She Goes" by The Lies. Yeah, like short, concise, tight, well-written, perfect pop songs. It doesn't sound like it came out in '69. It sounds still pretty fresh. Yeah, to be honest. So my timeline is rubbish. So this came out in '69. What album is that? Is this on them? Abbey Road. This one, Abbey Road. Yeah, yeah, which is obviously the famous guys crossing the street. Yeah, they are. Oh, I knew that from the picture. The Paul McCartney replacement. Yeah, yeah. Not real Paul. Obviously, he died before this. <laughs> was it 28 F? Yes. Yeah. Because why wouldn't you leave the clues? <laughs> so this was their second to last studio album before they went in and did Let It Be. But by the time they did Let It Be, they were kind of they were broken up, really. They were four different, and they recorded it in four separate days. Yeah, Let It Be is what the, um, what is it, on Apple TV, the documentary, the yeah, yeah, documentary. Yeah. It's all about the, the making of Let It Be. 
and I don't know if you've watched it, but just I haven't because it's eight hours long. It is, it, but, but I did nearly think about starting to watch uh, it last night after listening to this playlist because yeah, again, a little high look behind the curtain for the listener is that I also one of the biggest problems I had with this is I had fourteen songs on my playlist <laughs> until two minutes two minutes record. before we pressed the record button. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have we've deliberated over this back and forth and. But even I would have allowed 14 tracks to be honest because <laughs> they're short tracks but I'm a slave to the format yeah we need to stick to the format and it works but okay. I would say that this song is can, is nothing but if it's a sunny day you can't I can't not listen to this song yeah it's on people's summer mixes isn't it it's yeah perfect for it it's the backing it's the backing song to my Instagram story where I'm, <laughs> where I'm like at the beach yeah, I wonder if I play Here Comes the Sun probably <laughs> Well, we are going to find with these tracks is they're going to be over pretty quickly. They weren't one for a long song. <laughs> My first track is the title track from Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. It's the first track on the album. They're probably making a fortune off the streaming in it's the streaming era of these songs getting knocked out quickly. Christ, yeah. We'll check on their, their most streamed songs in a minute. but Not one of the most famous songs, but it leads into... It starts an album perfectly, and it's a complete diversion from what they were doing previous. Guitars are a lot heavier, the singing's a lot not angrier, but there's a bit more oomph to it. And like the, the Sgt. Peppers is my favourite album. It's in. Uh, it's always tough to say it's your favourite album ever. But it's in the top five, I'd say. Right. Definitely top five. Um, but yeah, I. <sighs> in that sort of pantheon of the five that are the. Interchangeable, move around. Yes, apart from being here now, that's one. Every time you li- every time you listen to a different one, it changes. <laughs> every time you listen to one, album, you're like, no, yeah. I'm convinced that is my favourite album. Yes, and exactly. Then, and then you listen to a different one, you're like, no, no, no I'm convinced that yes, is my favourite album. Favorite album. Yeah, it depends what mood I'm in on that day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, back to the documentary. It's hard for me to tell anyone to go and watch eight hours of a Beatles documentary if you're not massively into the Beatles. I nearly did it yesterday. So watching Paul's process of putting a song together it, it's like watching a magician he plays I think it's getting better and he just starts by playing a couple of notes on the keyboard on the piano and then starts to do a guitar and then just put piece by piece by piece three hours later he's got one of the best songs I've ever written like it's it's an incredible process uh, Noel Gallagher must have watched that and been like where was this in the 90s <laughs> this would have helped me so much <laughs> yeah well, Think of all the that, time I'd have saved. I watched um, Super Sonic again the other night as well, and Noel's process is not massively different from that, is it? Really? It's no, like, they do kind there's of. There's a song. They do kind of like heat where he says like, "Fall to him out the sky." Yeah, there's a song. Here's how he put it together. Oh, I have to pause well, that. It, yeah, it runs straight into. Did album. we get to the end? Did we already? We did. Yeah, it's two minutes, two seconds. My first track. Excellent. It does flow straight into the second track, so it's going to sound a bit disjointed here, but we are slaves to the format. Adam's second track. It's an absolute jive. It is. Twist and Shout from the very first Beatles album. Back in 1963. Probably one of the things that kicked off Beatlemania, I guess. Twist and Shout? Yeah. Such raw voices at this point. It's so good. I didn't have any lyrics then because I only got one headphone no. in. <laughs> well, I must have the other headphone. Yeah. <laughs> between us, we're listening to yeah, it in stereo. We've got the full song between us. Um, imagine. When does this come out? 60, 63. 63. Yeah. Imagine being any age, but imagine being 15, 16, 17, 18. Yeah. And this. In 63. And this comes. Yes. And it, you've got nothing. Yeah. There's You've nothing, got nothing like this. Nothing to compare it to. No. Is, is Elvis around this time? He's he's not quite, is he, I don't think. Um I think is he not? Let's have a look at Elvis's Because uh, he's the he's the comparison, isn't he, really? They're the two biggest things in the world. Well, he probably would have been, yeah. 58 was his first album. Yeah, I thought I was gonna say I thought of Elvis as signed in the late 50s. Oh, 53 was his first album, so yeah, he would have been around. But um, 
this is the UK version, isn't it? All the girls in America are screaming and losing their shit over Elvis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These four lads from Liverpool turn up. Not the most handsome boys, really. Um, I don't, I think that they changed a lot. <laughs> in their youth, they in when they're scrubbed up and in their suits and yeah, guitars up under their armpits. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think they look they're, when they're clean cut. Yeah. When when Paul lets his haircut, I just I very much feel like get a haircut, you hippie. <laughs> Which is weird because in the, the actual hippie era, he's got the shortest hair of all of them. <laughs> Which is weird. Pioneers of the uh, the mustache as well. I just think that yeah, imagine you've just got this absolute jive tune, something you can dance to that isn't the Charleston. Yeah. Yeah, 63, the rest of the songs around that time are not going to be anything like this. Like. Which explains why they just absolutely burst onto the scene. Yeah. And were huge immediately. Uh, this is with a little help from my friends. It follows on straight from Sandra Peppers. Again, not one of the best songs, but the, actual, the flow of it, I just find it so perfect. You listen to two tracks, they're not even five minutes between two. <laughs> but you can listen to it as one song almost. You can listen to most of this album as one song, <laughs> which is brilliant. I love that. And again, very simple. Just Ringo tapping away on a couple of drums. And... Are you telling me about Ringo's not doing some really difficult job? <laughs> so what I have learned from watching TikTok drummers is Ringo is an incredibly talented drummer, which I always, obviously had thought before. No, he's, he's the easiest job in the Beatles. But there's drummers that break down. He's doing things, hitting drums at completely different times than how other people would play it yeah. so maybe he's great maybe he's just a bit of an idiot and maybe, he's, a, maybe he's actually so bad <laughs> <laughs> it's like how Bjork sings off key and everyone's yeah. like she's a genius he's a genius for it <laughs> right, let's check out their most played songs on Spotify I, I saw it when you looked a second ago it's here, here comes the sun over a billion plays <laughs> not even close to Justin Bieber, is it? No, well, no, it's not. That's ridiculous, isn't it? But, I mean, that's so many. I'm shocked that Come Together has got that many compared to some of the other, other sort of bigger songs. Like hey Jude. I'll point out that none of your songs are in this list. Uh, no, they're not. <laughs> Just keep showing me more. Show me more. They'll be in there somewhere. Yeah, I've gone for the very much the later Beatles. They went to India, they discovered drugs and um, different kinds of religion and um, got very much into that, which you'll notice in my next song. It's very, very um, Asian-influenced. <laughs> they um, meet Yoko. They're playing sitars and stuff like <laughs> that on this next song. But I just think it's a lovely little song. And they could always harmonise perfectly, these two. Even George as well. George is, for me, the best member of the Beatles. His guitaring stands up today. Second track played. Back Adam's track. There we go. We heard this is about as left field as it gets, isn't it? Have we heard this on the pod before? Did we have the null version? I might have had the null version. If we have, it's a great song. I do love the null version, and actually, the null version was my gateway to like. I did learn it that way around. Yeah. Did you when you were growing up? Were you aware of your parents liking Beatles? Or my dad hated the Beatles. My parents don't have strong no. musical. No, okay. Um, my mum two weeks ago, my mum went to go see Billy Joel live, and um, that was news to me that she was so into Billy Joel. <laughs> but she was really into that. All right, okay. But I've never known her to be so into wanting to see something. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, nothing ever. I was always very aware that my dad hated the Beatles. The first ones I bought were the red anthology and the blue anthology, which is like 63 to 65, and then 65 to the end. 
split over two um, collections. I remember listening to my dad, my dad was just like slagging them off. Because <laughs> he likes Led Zeppelin and he likes heavy metal and stuff like that. So this is tame. Well, yeah, exactly. Especially this. This but is they, but they, Man of Temporary. But they broke so. the ground. <laughs> There'd be no Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everything's linked, isn't it? This is such a simple song, but it's so good. It's literally an acoustic guitar and a tambourine. Some beautiful lyrics. Yeah. You can just hear the influences of like them on Oasis. Especially this. Which is a very generous title for influences. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Especially this one, yeah. That's it, it's over. It's so quick. <laughs> Two minutes, nine seconds. It's going to take a bit of a left field turn. <laughs> mine. Shit's about to change. Yeah, we're going to Revolver for mine. And, uh... Here they... So what is this? This is Tomorrow Never Knows, which is off Revolver. And one of their much, much later albums. I think it was almost there. Heavily, heavily drug influenced, but I remember just being 16, I think, with my dad's big headphones, before they were cool, with don't head headphones, laying on my bed listening to this. Huge wire. Yeah, exactly, plugged into a huge stereo system. <laughs> I think you fucking know, I absolutely love this song. And then they did a, it was on BBC Two, there was a Beatles night and they had Oasis, they had Stereophonics, they had Light Like the Verve and they all played different tracks and I've searched for years to find it and I cannot find it anywhere, like a recording of it, it's not on YouTube, it's nowhere to be seen but this track is sung by, they have Noel on guitar, Kelly Jones singing it, I think Richard Ashcroft's doing something and Liam's doing the old tambourine in the background, just to be there, Liam's doing the best, Liam's dancing. No one's like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I want to be there on merit. I will not be best. Yeah. Get me in, and then we'll see about merit. Yeah. <laughs> I just, uh, I just love all the little bits and pieces. Of this song it doesn't really flow like other Beatles songs do. It does make me feel like I'm high. Yeah. Which this album is very much like this. Revolver and Sgt Pepper's are full-on sort of drug era Beatles. I'm only sleeping. This has got Ellen Rigby on this album. Yellow Submarine is on this album. I mean, that explains everything you need to know, really. Have you ever had the, um, the, uh, the Bill Hicks jokes about? No. The Beatles. The paraphrasing. It's not just about the Beatles, but he talks about, he's talk, talk, first of all, he talks about how he hates rock against drugs and rock stars against drugs. And so if you're, if you're in favour of rock against drugs, then I want you to go home tonight. And I want you to burn all your fucking records because all those records you love, the artists who made them, real fucking high. <laughs> yep, he's not wrong. <laughs> and he was like, the Beatles are so high they had to, <laughs> they had to get George off the ceiling with a rope. <laughs> like they were even so high they let Ringo sing a tune. Right? <laughs> yeah. Hey everyone, Ringo's got a song to do with a yellow tambourine. <laughs> yeah. Ringo's um, Octopus's Garden. That's one of Ringo's songs. <laughs> Very strange. Yeah, again, that's it. That's that's that song over. Into one of Adam's next tracks. Don't really to introduce it, do you? you don't know if you don't know what this song is called. As much as I say I don't like this song, I cannot help but sing along to it. Again, so this is the quintessential basic. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a jangly guitar. We've got, well, we've got two guitars, bass, drums, yeah. and. A man singing. Well, and backing vocals. Yeah. It is the basis of all pop groups, isn't it? That play instruments. Got everything you need. It is so good. It's one of my. I think it's because I've heard it so much. 
think it's because I've heard it so much that it's not one of my favourite ones now. But yeah, but try not to tap your feet to it. Exactly, I can't help but sing along or hum it in my head. Such a tune. I mean, it won't make the pods because of the manner and nature of the way in which we recorded. But it'll be very interesting to know what song is the one that's in your head in three hours' time or tomorrow. Yeah. Or yeah. I will. Um, I can put that as a poll on, <laughs> or not as a poll, as a question. Uh, so if you're listening to Spotify, yeah, best, yeah, that's know which podcast. song. Yeah, what's were you was stuck in your head tomorrow? I can almost guarantee it's going to be from your your playlist. Yeah, 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 <laughs> for sure. But I'm not mad about that. I'm really not mad about that at all. But just get to the point really quickly with the song. It doesn't really let up. No, it's got a lovely tempo, and like yeah. you said, it, it doesn't give you an opportunity to get bored. No, not at all. There's no down bits to it. I mean, it's nearly over, but... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Two minutes, 19, that's fine. My next track is the longest track we're going to hear. Four, Four minutes. minutes? I know. I'm going to have to use this as an opportunity to go, <laughs> go to the toilet. <laughs> is this one my guitar gently weeps? Let's turn this up to start with. sure Eric Clapton played on this and yeah played lead guitar well I'm sure considering he, it says he wasn't credited there I'm sure Paul's probably gone and corrected that now <laughs> after he's changed all the other credits let's check let's check the credits you can check the credits on, um, on Spotify hopefully you would hope so <laughs> performed by The Beatles written by George Harrison no mention of Eric Clapton at all but yeah, it's, it's a lovely little song, and there's a, like, a guitar breakdown in the middle of it, which is just really nice. I think it's Clapton and George Harrison that are playing. I'll tell you what's always so incredible in, about sort of the mystique about the Beatles is the fact that after all of this, only one of them really wanted to be in the band. Yeah, yeah, they all wanted to do other stuff. Paul's the only one really enjoying himself. Yeah, he is the Beatles. The rest of them were just there for the ride, really. George Harrison asked his friend Eric Clapton to play on his new song, which he felt was being fairly overshadowed by John Lennon and Paul's new songs anyway. <laughs> Clapton originally wasn't ill all into that idea, saying nobody ever plays on Beatles records. So what, Harrison said. Fair enough, yeah. Got his own way. I'm in the band. <laughs> yeah, exactly. An uncredited Beatles member. Just a bit, love this bit. Driving, but it's really slowly driving to a point. Like that baseline chugging along as well. Yeah. It's a problem with how we record this. We record it with one headphone, then when you listen to the Beatles, it's all stereo. <laughs> it is now. Yeah. It's not, it's not an incredible guitar solo in terms of the all-time greatest solos, but... Yeah, your dad's hating that. He is absolutely hating it. <laughs> <laughs> he, likes, he likes Harry Clapton, but not from this band. <laughs> he likes Harry Clapton from Green. He um, denies that he was ever on here. He didn't do it. <laughs> it didn't happen. So this is from the White Album, or the Untitled Album, which I think prefer. The White Yeah. It's much cooler. Yeah. Which is a, a double album. Come out kind of in the middle of the. It's, it's a great album. Kicks off back in the USSR, which is thumping. Got over the by club, which you might hear later. Spoilers. This is a warm gun. No, we won't be cut it. Didn't make the cut. Blackbird, which is great. Blackbird would have made the cut, but considering that's a caveat, good caveat. We've had Blackbird before. Yeah. So. But if Blackbird, if we, if I hadn't cut Blackbird for those reasons, I'd have 
two minutes before we recorded, I've had 15 <laughs> songs on my playlist. <laughs> they released this with 34 tracks on the album. Fair play. At this point, you can do what you want, can't you, for the Beatles? You can just yeah. put an album out of 50 tracks out and people will buy it anyway. Yeah, once again, we can shift off this one. Well, they're putting an album out. Um, sorry, we're on the internet, Otherwise, it's not that like this show's going to be long anymore. No, true. <laughs> um, they put out. What? It's almost like an album every like nine months anyway. Yeah. 67 they released um, Sgt Pepper's and Magical Mystery Tour a year after releasing Revolver and then releasing the White Album a year later four of some of the best albums ever and it was based for two years at least three yeah like Magical Mystery Tour doesn't have the same mystique around it but the other <laughs> no, three are no. some of the biggest albums ever made yeah which is an incredible hit rate really here's Adam's next track while you see it your way, run the risk of knowing that our love may soon be gone. We can work it out. We can work it out. Very inoffensive pop music. This. <laughs> I'm not sure what that instrument is. What's the audience? What's one of those ones? Accordion. Sounds like an accordion. Yeah. Yeah. Can we Google specific tracks? Yeah, we can. Which Beatle wrote it? All of them. Does it say on Wikipedia what? Again, I'm missing out on half the track. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, again, it's just—it's a really good pop song, isn't it? Again, I'm I'm tapping my foot to that. Yeah. Yeah, they just knew how to create that—that instant hit, I guess. Their number one's album is ridiculous list of <laughs> some of the best pop songs ever made um, so another criticism that I was given when when uh, talking to people about, about the Beatles yeah. um, and I don't think you're going to agree with this at all and I think <laughs> that I'm wrong to agree with that right. but it's because I know so little about the older stuff, like the stuff you've got here a lot of this is brand new to me Yeah. but the this the pop not it's not all popular the, the Beatles are huge yeah. but this stuff at the beginning yeah the the, the hits what should we say the the pop hits yeah quite formulaic quite samey yeah they massively change their sort of just their style of doing tracks their sound changes yeah so this is magical mystery too. Start a track from Magical Mystery Tour. Still high at this point? Incredibly high, I think the album art. <laughs> <laughs> Full of rainbows, but this album's fantastic. It's got Strawberry Fields Forever, it's got All You Need Is Love. It's two of my favorite. I mean, I've got All You Need Is Love tattooed in my arm. Like, it's, that's my favourite Beatles track. It's just different, it's just so different. And I was just blown away by this, listening to it when I was 16, thinking that there's how can the bands that have done Love Me Do and Hold My Hand and all that sort of now do this yeah because bands that were around when I was 16 didn't change massively in their, not their genres or so but their style and their sound Radiohead yeah so they probably hadn't done it by then no 2000s yeah they probably hadn't done it no they were what three albums in probably oh. first three big ones yeah I think they probably only had OK Computer yeah like the Benj and Pablo Honey. Um, yeah, it's got a completely different sound. This has got brass instruments. Let's turn this bit up. 
see a Paul's base just driving mm. through the whole way. Do you want to go on my base? <laughs> no? I was just thinking a little bit on... A bit on distant wild wind. <laughs> when Ellis is imagining being invited to join the Beatles. <laughs> and he's got to coffee with Paul McCartney. So. Yeah. Do you want to go on my base? Because <laughs> obviously he's bought it with it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's Magical Mystery Tour. Yeah, I've never awesome. heard that before. Have we not? No. Thoughts? Yeah, it's not for me. Look, and here is Paul's base in the right Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> now for something completely different. Yeah. That, that, that riff. call is so good. Again, that can't be hard to play. I can't play guitar, but I think I could learn to play that. But it's very much like you said, yeah, yeah, I bet that's a chord, and you just play the... Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, you go up and down through the strings. This is, such this a is Day Tripper, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> If you don't know that, and you listen to a Beatles podcast. So, give me some background about this then. Let's have a look. Day Tripper, song by the Beatles. It's in the suited Beatles era, 1966. Let's have a look at the page says. from a rubber soul Lennon based the song on a guitar riff from Bobby Parker's Watch Your Step see so when but when Noel still was there <laughs> in a 1980s interview uh, Lennon said a day trip, but that's mine including the lick the guitar break and the whole bit is it though <laughs> I mean this says you took it from someone else <laughs> Lennon described day trip as a drug song in 1970 a drug song. In 2004, McCartney said it was an about an acid. The song's title plays on words referring to both a tourist on a day trip and a trip in the sense of a psychedelic experience. Ah. Ah, I never know that. And they're slipping that past the narcs in the early 60s, aren't they? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're thinking it's just about people going to, like, going to the beach. Yeah. (laughs) Blackpool. During the sessions for Rubber Soul, a rift was growing between McCartney and his bandmates as he continued to abstain from taking LSD. Weak. <laughs> Such a After Lennon and George had taken, first taken the drug in London in 1965, Ringo had joined them for their second experience. <laughs> I always knew I didn't trust Paul. <laughs> Get involved, Paul. <laughs> Imagine how big you could have been. I mean, he got involved. Well, yeah. <laughs> that is such a strong riff, though. Yeah, there is, isn't it? Iconic. What's next? Strawberry Fields Forever. So, uh, uh, we were talking about this before we started recording, but um, as a man who's, who... Um, has a ticket booked to New York? Are you looking forward to go to um, to Strawberry Fields in Central Park? Yes, absolutely. I've already looked at it on, on um, Google Maps. I've been walking around Central Park and looking at it. Absolutely, yeah. There it's it is. a fun experience. There's nearly always a. Um, I say nearly always. I've been. I've been twice. Right. And both times, there's a guy there playing. Uh, Playing Beatles songs on an acoustic guitar, making an absolute fortune. Play <laughs> It's got to be a good gig. Yeah, definitely. So, Strawberry Fields was the name of the Salvation Army children's home close to John Lennon's house. He used to play in the wooded garden behind the home. Mm. One of Lennon's childhood treats was a garden party held each summer. Mm. It's not quite the rough upbringing that they uh, portray. <laughs> um, I mean, it is in a children's home. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wonder if that features. I can't remember if that features in um, the film yesterday. 
Which is a good film, actually. I was very sceptical of watching it. Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Because um, it's the bit where he goes to Liverpool, isn't it? And he goes around and he sees some other things. Like, he goes to Eleanor Rigby's grave. Yeah. Um, and it's just funny when you... Have you ever been to Liverpool? No, no. Just... <laughs> It's like, very Beatles heavy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they love the, the Beatles and the Titanic. And they got very loose. The Titanic is very sort of contrived. Yeah. But <laughs> um, but there's just, there is, just is this stuff just kind of dotted around the city. Yeah. Like Penny Lane. Penny Lane is a real street. Yeah. And you'll just be driving around and you'll be like, what the fuck are all these people doing here? And you'll be like, oh, they're, they're having their photo taken by the Penny Lane sign. Yeah. Like... Yeah, culturally, they um, probably definitely put Liverpool on the map, didn't they? And probably, I don't, again, there's always going to have been stuff before, but they're probably responsible for a very sort of buoyant Liverpool music scene. Yeah, which a lot of that, yeah, a lot of... Hundreds of bands must have flown out from them. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's instruments played on this track that I've never heard of before. <laughs> What's a swarm mandal? <laughs> George Harrison plays that on this. There's a timpani. <laughs> so just 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 a quick search of um, Liverpool bands. We've got. The Beatles, The Lars, Jerry and the Pacemakers, Echo and the Bunny Man, Frankie Goes to Hollywood, The Wombats, A Flock of Seagulls, The Zootons, The Lightning Scenes. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure John Lennon counts. Atomic Kitten. Oh, it's definitely influenced. <laughs> <laughs> this is an extra madam, it's can't bomb enough, obviously. And they're still cheeky chappies. Their second album, oh, third album, sorry, Five Days Night. They're cheeky chappies, but they're secretly taking the LSD. Yes. Yeah, they're definitely on their way there, aren't they? This is 1964. Great, great song. Like, it's like a. The stuff in this hot stuff is kind of like a mix between rock and roll. Yeah. And like 40s jazzy standards. Yeah. It still has that sort of structure. There's definitely that sort of 50s American rock and roll sort of going through it, definitely. Yeah. And then, yeah, that drum and bass beat. It's very. They were both like nodding their heads back and forth. But you can dance to this. Lovely scream. Like I'm in pop Yeah, kitchen. this is proper dance floor, isn't it? It's just a great song. Yeah. I keep saying it, it's just a great song. They're all just great songs. They'll be over in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> it's, only, it's only two minutes long. Yeah. And do you know what? Considering like a lot of people will have had to listen to this on a, a seven-inch vinyl. Yeah. God, you'd have been going to change it back to the beginning. Wait, it's like. <laughs> yeah. So Up many times. Down, you? Yeah. <laughs> You're not sitting down and listening to you, are you? Because. No. No chance. <laughs> oh crap. Come on, you knew this was coming. Know, it's caught you out. There we go. Just my favourite song ever. This is another tattoo song, right? This is, yeah. All you need is love. Just in their Spotify bio, uh, Mark this song, Ronson. This song was made by Love Actually. <laughs> How dare you. <laughs> How dare you. <laughs> Mark Ronson says, everything we take for granted, they absolutely invented it. Well, if Mark Ronson says it. Tom Petty was a teenager during the years the Beatles record, records appeared in quick succession. They were just out in front, they were the Beatles, and then there was everyone else. And everyone else could be great, but the Beatles were leading the way. 
that was just irrefutably true. Yeah, yeah, so I think in my uh, in my living room I've got a like a a piece of artwork that's like a it's like an, uh, an electrical circuit slash like a mechanical yep. drawing and it shows the it's supposed to demonstrate these influences and these flows and you have bigger bands and um, yeah. I'm fairly sure the Beatles are if not the biggest one of the biggest I think it is yeah like I was looking at it before we start recording this is definitely a very big block of it the amount of lines coming off it yeah and the bigger they the bigger the name is the more the influence so you can see it from further away yeah yeah they are yeah I mean there's no doubt that everyone after them owes probably nearly everyone after them probably owes them something yeah I just think this is just an absolutely beautiful song. The, the lyrics to it, just think they, they just sort of sum up my whole thing, really. I sent you earlier. Wrong this story. is your vibe. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think if you've got that, be it, be it from friends, from relationships, from anything, you're never gonna feel like you're alone or there's no one there for you because all you need is love, like someone loves you somewhere and there's always that person there for it it's just such a beautiful song yeah 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 my my daughter bought me a little like a one of the verses printed out on a frame for my birthday last year it sits proudly in my bedroom which is very nice cute yeah I mean I hate to break it to you but Nikki loved it (laughs) she paid for it (laughs) (laughs) oh what's happened what have you done? What have you done? Yeah, well done. The first time ever we've had a technical issue. It's not the first time ever. Time ever. <laughs> That's fine. Let's go back to your next one. It's yesterday. Such a good, such a good song. There's two minutes of just pure perfection. There's just so much emotion in this, right? Yeah. This one man with a guitar. And just... I'm not accusing. I'm not saying it's a rip-off in any way. They're not the same. <laughs> They're not the same. But the vibe mm. talks tonight. I'm not half the man I used to be. Yeah. Even the It's a man with a guitar pouring his well. heart out over yeah. an event that's just happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's very, very I've never thought about that, but yeah, wow. It's just beautiful, it's hauntingly beautiful. Yeah. So this is a Paul song, isn't it? These credits aren't good enough, Spotify. So <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's George. Uh, not George. That's Paul singing. I'm not always very good at telling the difference between them. No, I think they're more obvious in the earlier songs. Certainly. Yeah, it says here, written by Paul McCartney and credited to Lennon McCartney. Yeah. Let's see if I can just change the end part of a Wikipedia link and make it take me where I want to go. I thought you were going to say, I wonder if I can just change the credits in Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, it'd be a big hack, though. It would, wouldn't it? Especially if it live as well. <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to do it, do it on Twitch and I'll make some money. <laughs> Again, like we said about Here Comes the Sun, this is 1965, this is. I don't associate, in my head, this sort of music with 1965. It's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels fresh. Again, like, if... This, to me, sounds like like 1965. His sound doesn't like it anymore, but if Ed Sheeran went and released that tomorrow... Yeah. Yeah, it would be number one and it would sell millions of copies. But you also would be like, yeah, that's now. Yeah. It fits perfectly. Whereas this, this is an incredibly 60s song. This sounds like it's high on 60s. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Which, if you take the three main words of that, spell out LSD. They weren't subtle, I don't think. <laughs> is this another drug song? Oh, it? absolutely. <laughs> the lyrics alone um, a girl with kaleidoscope eyes, <laughs> cellophane flowers of yellow and green. 
where rocking horse people eat marshmallow pies. <laughs> in an octopus's garden in the sky. Yeah, with tangerine <laughs> trees and marmalade skies. Just makes me think of the bit when um, when Lisa gets. I can't remember what it is that happens to Lisa. Is it when she has the dentist gas? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, according to There's Lisa. Them, the song's origins lie in a drawing done by his three year old son Julian. Bollocks. The drawing was of his friend Lucy, who was floating in the sky, surrounded by sparkling jewels and diamonds. Lies! That sounds like a man on high on drugs. <laughs> and if it is true, it's when he was looking at that picture while off his face. <laughs> Absolutely. Lennon repeatedly denied that he had intended this as a drug song and attributed the song's fantastical imagery to the readings of Lewis Carroll's about Alice in Wonderland. Oh, what, a, a drug book? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a book written by an opium addict. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's lovely, kick something Such a big song. And it's psychedelic rock. Psychedelic pop. Acid rock. Full on drug music, George, just that minute. Firstly, rumours. It was purely unconscious that it came out to be LSD until someone pointed like, it out. I never even thought of it. Max saying they didn't write songs about love triangles. <laughs> it's your whole vibe. Well, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is, this is my Beatles. This is. Love this stuff. I don't know why. I when it kicks, I like it. Yeah, it's got a big, big sound. It does. But I would say that I have, would have, I have. The more they try and pretend it's something else, the less respect I have for it. Because <laughs> it does just very much feel yeah. like singing what you're seeing. Yeah. It's been like, oh, we need a, I need a chorus for this song. <laughs> Looking at a picture on his stuck to his fridge. Yeah. Lucy. Sky oh, diamonds. She in the sky yeah. there. Oh, she got some diamonds around there in the sky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when we got already your ninth track album already. This is not taking a long time. Speaking of big tracks, <laughs> big songs. You also see uh, Paul putting this song together. It, the rest of them are very much checked out by this point. The, the Apparently, because Ellis talks about this bit on the documentary, right? That you literally watch him, yeah, build this song. Yeah, over like a course of a day, he just changes lyrics here and there, and then suddenly, bam, it's done. He just says that like he just be playing it, and then John will just sit there on the guitar and think, right, well, this kind of fits like this will go here, and then George Pink um, comes in. <laughs> George puts the crack pipe down. Yeah, <laughs> it's like okay, <laughs> but the whole time Ringo's just sat at his drum kit just thinking uh, what can I do I don't need to do anything do I because there's no need for it just now distracting himself yeah. <laughs> such a big song huge song so talking of big songs yeah let's take a moment to talk about what we've discussed as maybe the biggest possibly the biggest song that we neither of us have picked Hey Jude Hey Jude yes. not on my list not on your list no. I'm gonna say it. The wedding's ruined it for me. <laughs> it's the karaoke. I hate. I don't like the karaoke version. I don't like that. No. It's, it's got it's got strong sweet Caroline vibes. <sighs> yeah, God. I don't know why I didn't pick it because I don't not like it. But I think I just. I didn't even assume you were gonna pick it. I just thought. It's, it's just not in my top ten yeah. tracks, really. I'm just sick of the... Na, 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 na. It's the end of a concert, it's everyone singing, yeah, yeah. it's arms up in it, yeah. The last song before you're about to get kicked out of a wedding. Exactly, yeah, the lights are coming on. By the I had champagne sipping over, I did it right. <laughs> <laughs> Love that bit. Um, I really enjoyed this, this scene in yesterday when... Um, He's trying to, it's before he's made it, isn't he? He's trying to play Let It Be to his parents yeah. as, as a song that he's apparently <laughs> written. And they just keep distracting him. Yeah. 
like, can you just listen? It's, it's the best song ever written. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch that again. I love the the have you ever seen the joke about it when he Google's the Beatles and they don't don't come up. Um, and then he Google's Oasis and they don't exist either. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So this played on the, on the roof of the, um, the studios. It's something, it's just something special. It really is. Didn't didn't it took me it took me years and years and years until I realised that the B sharp was playing on top of, of the thing was a. Um, yeah. Simpsons are so fucking good at that. There's a uh, um, knockoff of the, of the Beatles. Because I get the coats almost spot on as well. The jackets that they're all wearing is almost perfect. And George Harrison pulls in as that's been done. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, where'd you get that brownie? <laughs> it's just over there. <laughs> We'd all have had a B-Sharps play. So. <laughs> There's nothing, There's nothing about the B-Sharps in here. <laughs> We're going forever. <laughs> Reviews were not good of Let It Be. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I mean, really. It's not like the guy, who, the first guy who reviewed the, the Office, being like. The Daily Telegraph gave it two out of five. Yeah, well, it's hardly the worst in the Daily Telegraph. Telegraph readers. <laughs> um, this is a change of track for me. This is from the Beatles' very first album. This is full on. This, this sounds it's like fifties, isn't it? Yeah. I just love Paul's voice in it. It must have been eighteen, maybe. I love it. Um, <laughs> well, imagine how how young George was, because George was the youngest, right? Yeah. He was a boy. It's just a very simple song. It's three minutes, which is quite a long track for their early um, times. But this is genre's full on rock and roll, this is. Next! This down to the Lennon McCartney track. <laughs> the first live recording was made at the Cavern Club at the end of 1962. Lennon didn't play rhythm guitar, he played harmonica. <laughs> On the album, the song starts with a rousing 1, 2, 3, 4 counting. Usually, counting is edited out of the final mix, however, producer George might not have created the effect the album was a live performance. That's number one everywhere. Of course, it did. So, such a fifty sound. Because I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm cheating the system if I did this. I'm not going to pick this as the song to add to the playlist. Right. Even though it's going to be my favourite song on your list. (laughs) Right. But I feel like it's not the vibe of your playlist. So I'm going to respect. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I would be sad if I just introduce you to some stuff from um, some of the other albums they've done and you picked it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it sounds so young. When did this come out again, sorry? 63? Uh, yeah, 63. Was that like sixty years ago? <laughs> you know. So my my grand my my grandmother was twenty when that came out. Yeah, she was in the dance halls, sort of. Yeah, boogie and along. This is one of the songs that always gets thrown at the Beatles as oh, like proper cheese pot. Like, 
towards cold chicken. As in sort of like corny sort yeah. of Yeah. Like. But they knew exactly what they were doing. And the... When you push boundaries, you don't smash through boundaries. You push against them. Yeah. Like, there's no way. Say you you swap them in time, and you can just do a swap, and you can put Sid Vicious Mm. and the Sex Pistols in the place of the Beatles (laughs) in that time frame. (laughs) The Sex Pistols are not doing what the Sex Pistols are doing, because you can't... You can't smash through it like that. No. So everything has to follow on from something else, doesn't it? You have to shift the Overton window. You don't reposition it completely. Again, I think Ellis said in this week's Listen Pod that you don't realise how much music has changed until you're what, ten years removed from it, and you realise that what you listen to then is now completely different to what it is at the end of that sort of era of music. But yeah, this was a double A side with uh, I saw that sound beneath. So. What well, great they will do we we put them back to that. Yeah. Two minutes twenty-four seconds. We uh we didn't even plan that. No, we didn't. What a little flourish. Came out on Boxing Day in America as well. Proud of us. Both headphones in. If you're listening along to this with one headphone in, you're missing out on <laughs> half of the greatness. It's been covered quite a lot, like lots of people. It was in Glee. Of course it was. It was in Glee. <laughs> the Supremes covered it. Another little. That's the end of your list. Hasn't that's it. it. That is ten tracks done. This is my last track. I absolutely fucking love this. Let's turn it out. When I get to the bottom, I go back to the top of the slide. Well, stop and I turn and I'm going to go for a ride. Till I get to the bottom and I see you again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, this is as heavy as the Beatles get. That could have come out <laughs> in 2010. Yeah. There are... Yeah, years and years and years ahead of the time with this one. It doesn't let up either, this one. It just keeps going like this. Another point later in the song, Ringo's hitting the drums so hard that he shouts, I've got blisters on my fingers. Well, that's in the, in yeah, the recording. Yeah, I think it's in the recording of this. <laughs> never actually the drums out before. <laughs> Love the voice, Paul's voice I think in this is incredible. Oasis has done a couple of this as well, obviously. Yeah, this sounds contemporary. And at the base of it, it's a very sort of... Um, fairly easy song it's just three guys just wailing around their instruments genre's heavy metal hard rock not heavy metal <laughs> what did the Beatles mean by Helter Skelter Paul said that he was using the symbol of Helter drugs. Skelter as a ride from the top to the bottom the rise and fall of the Roman Empire and this was the fall and demise he later said the song was a response to critics who accused him of only writing sentimental ballads and being the soppy one of the group. He's <laughs> definitely the soppy one. Oh yeah, absolutely. One of the song's credit is as a Lennon McCartney partnership that was written by the McCartney alone. You can also go to the um to go see the Dakota building to see the where, where John Lennon was shot. Was shot, yeah. 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 In New York. I went there. It's yeah. not a bed. No, I don't reckon I'll take a few money to that one. I think they get less much out of those ones. But there's nothing to see. It's just no, a build at this building. Yeah. 
I'd assume there's like a plaque or something. If you're I don't think there's a plaque. Is there not? No. Along with other tracks from White Album, Helter Skelter was interpreted by Charles Manson as a message predicting interracial war in the US. Yeah, I did think there was something about Helter Skelter and the Manson. <laughs> just keeps going. Because it's in, isn't Helter Skelter what he calls? It's uh, in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Maybe not in the song. McCartney said he only wrote Helter Skelter to have the most raucous, raucous vocals and the loudest drums. Yeah. That's my tenth track. We're on to but hold on, the time sisters. Oh yeah, there's still a minute left yet. Comes back. <laughs> That's good. Just a minute of radio silence. I fairly certainly comes back in. There it is. Feels like an odd choice. It sounds like Oasis of Glastonbury when they were doing the little instrumental bits and they did uh, I'm the Walrus. Sounds like someone lent on a on a, <laughs> on a fader. Yeah, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> right, your honourable mention is a hard day's night. I, do you know what? All of none of my songs needed introductions because they normally <laughs> they normally say it within the first line. <laughs> yeah, they knew how to get that over, didn't they? You're never left wondering what the song's called. No. <laughs> this is from the album Twelve Hard Days Night. You've got a pretty nice mix, really, of all the early albums. So why we listen to the to the honourable mention? What is your uh, what's your pick? What's going on there? Oh. oh, oh, oh. The obvious choice is Let It Be or Yesterday. I think there are I'm four, gonna go, four obvious choices. I'm going with Got It High Love Away. Oh. It's just a beautiful song. I love it's that. as beautiful as Let It Be or Yesterday. Just in a much sort of low, lower fire way. Lower fire? Low fire. Low fire way. It's been a long day away. So from mine, here we go. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that when we, <laughs> when we play. Yeah, mine will is slightly different. Five again. Mm-hmm. Such a good guitar. Gets a rattle through this one, doesn't it? I think it might be actually, <laughs> yeah. Between us, it's an hour and six minutes, these two uh, playlists. Where's Pop Punk? Let's have a look. Oh, 35. Mine's a minute longer. Yours is five minutes shorter. (laughs) (laughs) I think what we've learned from my playlist is that I have a theme. Yeah. Mega, mega hits. I like the basic, what I would describe as the basic stuff. But I almost don't mean that in a derogatory term. No. The stuff that made them the Beatles, really, before they got to be so big that they could experiment with the stuff. Well, I do think there's... I do maintain there's this element of is it easy pickings, but I think that you... Like... It's a little bit like when you go to a modern art gallery and you're like, anyone could do that, and you're like, well, just do it then. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. I can't. (laughs) Yeah, did you watch that... um, It was on Twitter, it was Yuri Thielman's came on for Aston Villa with a camera on his chest yeah it made me feel sick yeah ridiculous it's pretty season friendly if it was that quick <laughs> and he told someone says to me oh, I could do that he <laughs> couldn't he <laughs> really couldn't uh, this is my honourable mention in my life this is beautiful Just this isn't a little drum band. this isn't no this is one of the biggest hits I mean. um, I'm going with all you need is love oh good choice good choice yeah, we'll let this one play out. This has been the Perfect 10 Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Perf10Pod. Uh, thank you to people that have subscribed to us via uh, Spotify. Um, your 
your monthly subscriptions have enabled us to go to a gig, haven't they? Yeah. Where are we going? We're going to see Wheatus. <laughs> In 2023. And if they don't play Teenage Dirtbag at least three times, I'm going to be furious. <laughs> if it isn't just that and a little respect back to back repeatedly throughout the night, I'm not leaving early. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I, I'm pretty sure that they played my Freshers, um, Freshers Week at uni. I didn't get, have a ticket, but right. I'm pretty sure they played Freshers Week. And um, I'm also pretty sure that as... <laughs> but rumour has it that they played Teenage Dirtbag three times. <laughs> they opened and closed the set with it and played it in the middle. I mean, why wouldn't you, though, really? Like, it's your biggest song. Yeah. You're the, that's the reason most people are there. If you wanted to go see Chesney Hawks and you didn't open with <laughs> it. Yeah. People would be leaving straight away. <laughs> the one and only. You'd be like, yeah. no one's here for the new stuff. <laughs> what? what are you, George Michael? <laughs> Good evening, I'm Chesney Hawks. Lock the doors, this album tracks. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's the end of this week's podcast, or this month's podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a subscriber. This has been the podcast for August. The Christmas draft podcast is coming up very quickly. Are we going to draft it again this year, or should we actually pick her? I don't know what we're going to do, but (laughs) we're about to do a. Let people behind the curtain again, we're about to do another draft, and we're going to absolutely murder you because your draft strategy is terrible. For a man who consistently wins fantasy football leagues. <laughs> yeah, it's a fair point, yeah. Um, Your ability to draft songs against only one person who normally makes their intentions very clear yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, we'll, um, we will come on. We'll come on to that next month. Uh, make sure you're listening for that. Uh, until then, it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Adam. Goodbye. I'll see you next time. Play out with a track called The End. Why not? It's fitting.